It's good to see you here this morning. We've got several people that could not make it today uh, due to weather, due to sickness, and so forth. Uh, Y'all keep uh, Betty Glenn in prayer. She called me this morning, and she failed. And uh, she didn't break any ribs or anything, but a real bruise, and she's hurting real bad. She failed. She fell across a bench, and she fell on her ribs. And... Uh, so y'all keep her in prayer. She broke her glasses and kind of got a few cuts on her face from the glasses and everything. She wants us to keep her, her in prayer to hurry up and get over this mess so she can get back. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure some of you have heard, uh, but y'all remember John and Glennis Shoemaker. Well, John passed away uh, Wednesday. He was in the hospital. He had uh, COVID. And uh, but he also had pneumonia, but they said what he passed away with, he had a stroke during all of this. So John passed away Wednesday uh, in the hospital. We don't know anything about a service or anything like that. At one time, I'd talked to them, and they did not said they did not want a service. That uh, both of them were going to be cremated, and uh, maybe the ashes scattered. But uh, at that time, they said that they probably wouldn't even have a service. So I don't know what's going on yet. Hadn't had a chance to really talk to Glennis and uh, everything. So anyway, y'all keep uh, Glennis in prayer. Y'all keep Betty in prayer. And uh, both of them are going through some things. And Martha and JB, uh, like I said last time, JB failed. And he kind of bunged himself up a little bit. But he's doing a lot better. And, of course, they can't hardly take the cold weather, so they just stay in. And uh, <clears throat> so y'all just keep the church in prayer that uh, really get everything back to normal and everything. So, uh, But uh, this morning, I'd like to just bring you a message, and I just call it Standing on the Promises of God. You know, when we stand on those promises of God, we're standing on a firm foundation. You know, God's give promises all through His Bible, and God has kept these promises. Uh, just to kind of get into it, God gave three promises that I want to look at right fast. It's not even in my notes, but it's just something that I think that we can look at and see what God is talking about when he says, when I make you a promise, you can count on it. In the book of Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, it tells us that when you go through the waters, I'll be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. And when you go through the fire, you will not be burned. Because you belong to me, I have redeemed you. We've all been redeemed if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Well, this promise here, he said, well, okay, but what, what does he mean when you go through the waters and go through the rivers and go through the fire? He was talking about three things that happened, and they've already happened, and God it was right there in it, protecting the people. The first thing when you go through the water, he was talking about the Red Sea. Whenever the Israelites crossed the Red Sea, God parted that sea for them to cross over on dry ground. And then when the enemy come along behind them, he closed that sea upon them and drowned the enemy. 
What about the river? This is when the Israelites were going into the promised land and they were crossing the Jordan River. It was at flood stage that time of year. God did the very same thing. He walled back the waters of the river and all the Israelites crossed on dry ground into the promised land. What about the fire? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the three Hebrew children, when they were thrown into the oven because they wouldn't bow down to a false god, said, no, we will not bow down to your false god. They stood on God's word, on God's promise, and they were thrown into a fiery oven. And then when, when Nebuchadnezzar looked in there, the king, he looked in there and he said, whoa, did we not throw three people into that oven? But I see four, and one of them looks like the Son of God. Jesus was in the oven with them. He protected them. So when you go through the fire, he said, I'll go through the fire with you. I will protect you. See, these are three promises right here that God fulfilled. He showed, I will do what I say I will do. But you know, some of God's promises are, I'm going to put it like, are conditional. God says, if you will do what I tell you to do, that I will do what I said I would do. So sometimes we have to do what God tells us to, then God will do what he says he'll do. And those are what we call conditional promises. And, uh, but every one of God's promises, God stands by them. He stands by them. Here in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, it tells us that it is impossible for God to lie. It's impossible. God cannot lie. Do y'all realize that lie, lying is a sin? God cannot sin. So therefore, God cannot lie. When he says something, he's telling you the truth. And he has to abide by what he says. He's even under his own word. He has to do what his own word says to do. So he's living by his word too. And God cannot lie. So when God's word tells I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, you can count on that's what God is going to do. And uh, so, you know, when something like this, this means that we can fully and can completely believe whatever God tells us. You mean, and I've had people say, you mean you believe every word that God says? I said, yes, I do. I believe every word because God cannot lie. What God tells me he's going to do, he's going to do it. I don't even have to worry about it. I have, there's been a number of times I've been in circumstances. I said, God, now you told me that if I would believe your word and stand on that word, you would be there with me. I said, God, I'm standing on your promise. I'm standing on your promise. And I expect you to be there. And you know, every time I've come through it with no problems at all. Believing God and what God's Word said, trusting God, believing in God, and not doubting God. That's true. That's a problem that a whole lot of people have. They want to doubt what God says. They want to doubt His Word. And over in the book of James, it says, If you doubt, do not think you shall receive anything. So we cannot doubt what God says and expect God to honor what he said he'd do. 
because we're doubting that he'll do it. We're not fully trusting God. And we have to fully trust God in order for God to fulfill his word and do what he says he'll do. So when it comes down to trusting God, you have to trust God and believe in him. When God makes a promise, that promise will be fulfilled. You can count on it. You know, all of God's promises are yes and amen. That's God's promises to us. And therefore, we have complete confidence in the promises of God, believing that God will do what he says he'll do. Uh, there's another promise I want to look at, and, I'm, and probably a lot of us in here can verify I've been there. I've seen what God can do. But here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What things? What's he talking about? What things? Your daily needs, the things that your life requires, food, water, clothing, all this. God says, I will provide. He said, but seek me first. Believe what I am telling you and that I will do this. And when we do that, then God does what he says he'll do. So, but uh, yeah, the scripture is referring to the necessities and the needs of our life that God says, yes, I will fulfill it. You know, like I said, we don't even have to worry about what we're going to eat or drink or what we're going to wear. God will take care of our needs. Probably every one of us has been through situations Boy, I don't know how this is going to work out. But you know, God said it would, so I'm going to trust God. Did it work out? Yes, it worked out. Because God saw your faith, he saw your trust, and he said, I'm going to honor my word to those that believe me, that trust me, and do what I say. So when we honor God, what happens? God turns right around and honors us. He fulfills our needs. And we've all got needs. Now, notice I said needs, necessities. I didn't say nothing about a bunch of just, oh, I want that. Oh, I'd like to have that. It may be really something that you don't need. He said necessities, your daily needs, kind of like the Lord's Prayer. Lord, give us this day our daily bread. What's he saying? Give us this day our daily needs to, to, to get through this with. And he provides. He provides our needs. <clears throat> you know, David said something. Uh, here in verse, I mean, excuse me, in Psalms 37, 25, David wrote this Psalms when he was on up in years. But David had been through a lot of stuff and he had experienced a lot of stuff. And this verse here, Psalms 37, 25, listen to what David says and see if this isn't really true. David says, I have been young and now I'm old. But yet have I seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. The righteous, the ones who trust and believe and have faith in God. This here, he says, I have been young, now I'm old. He said, I've been around a long time. I've seen a lot of things. But you know, I have not yet seen the righteous forsaken by God, or I have not seen their seed or their children or their offspring begging for bread. 
because God has taken care of them. Because they were faithful to God. This here he's talking about, this is the person who has put their faith and their trust in God. Who has believed what God's word says. And they're counting on God. They're not doubting what God's word says. They're believing him. And that's what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to believe what God tells us. And this here, and this is also a promise that we can stand on because God will never break a promise. He can't. If God has said something and he don't do it, that makes what? That makes God a liar. And it says God cannot lie because lying is a sin. You say, lying is a sin? That's what it says over in Revelations. Uh, David, can you put up Revelations 21.8? This will show you what I'm talking about. This is the people who will not enter heaven. But the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, and the murderers, and the whoremongers, and the sorcerers, and the idolaters, and all what? Lying is a sin. Lying is not allowed in heaven. Liars are not allowed in heaven. So this is not always just a little white lie. No, it is a lie. Read it. And sometimes we don't even think about these little small things. But God does. God's put it in his word. He expects us to read his word, to know what his word says. And he says, all liars will not be in heaven, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. A lot of people you say, well, lying just oh no, no, lying. That's just, that's just, you know, that's just really nothing. Now what God says, God's very serious. He, put, he, he even took the, the, the efforts to write down, all these people that do all this will not enter heaven. But they will see their part in the lake of fire. So just think about some of these things that you've read right here and know that in God's eyes, these are a sin. And God cannot look upon sin. <clears throat> but God will keep his promise. Uh, like I said, some of these promises that, that uh, God has given us are conditional promises. God says, like I said a while ago, when you do what I told you you must do, then I will keep my end of the deal, and I will do what I said I will do. But so it's really up to us on a lot of these promises. Now, some promises are just promised to us, but some of them are conditional, that we have to do certain things that God told us to do in order for him to fulfill promises in our life. And when you, when you read the promise... You can just tell by reading it whether it's conditional or not. This promise right here that we just read, that's going to happen unless you abide by his word. Like I said, God's word is God's word 
and it's very serious with God. You know, if we turn and walk away from God, we cannot expect God to watch over us and take care of us and our needs. The Word of God tells us there will come a falling away. People will leave church. People will leave God. They'll walk away. They say, you know, I've served God, tried to serve God, but you know, I keep looking for him to come back and looking for him to come back, but I've heard this and heard this and I hadn't seen him yet. Why? Because God loves you. He's taking his time and coming back so that every single person that can will say yes to God and receive him into their heart. God wants everybody in heaven. He don't want to have to send them to the lake of fire. He's given us that opportunity. He's waiting. But there's going to be that day when God the Father in heaven looks over at his son who's sitting beside him right now. And he's going to tell his son, Son, go get my church. I've had it. I've had it. They're not going to change. When God sees this kind of thing going on in our life, you know, and the Bible also says, when God sees that a person is not going to change, they're not, it says he turns them over to what? A reprobate mind. What is a reprobate? That is somebody that's totally useless and no good. That's what God sees in some people. They're not going to change. No matter what he does, they're not going to change. But he's given, he's given ample time for all who will to call upon his name and say, Lord God, I have sinned. Forgive me. Receive me into your heart. Let me come unto you, O Lord God. I repent of those sins. I want you back. You know, God will take us back. God will receive you back. We all make mistakes. Every single one of us make mistakes. And God knows this. God's received back many, many that have walked away from him. He said, oh, man, what did I do? I know I did a sermon one time on, 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 excuse me, on the wayward son or the prodigal son, wayward son. You know, he didn't have no use for the father. He wanted to get away from the father. He wanted to go out and do his own thing. Many people in church, I've been in church all my life, I want to go out and do my thing. Maybe you know some of them. Maybe you're one of them. I don't know. But I do know if you mean it in your heart, you say, Lord, I messed up. I want to come home. God will welcome you in a moment. He'll run. He'll meet you just like he did that son. He saw that son coming up the road. When that son finally made his man, boy, I really messed up. I'm going to go back to the father and just see if he'll make me one of the hired hands. That father was outside. He looked down the road. Here come that son. He said that father ran and threw his arms around his son. Started kissing on him, hugging him, loving on him. 
The son was trying to say, Father, Father, I want to come back. And Father said, Come, come. He wouldn't even give that son time to even to, to tell him, Father, I messed up. Father knew what he was trying to tell him. What did the father do? The father told, the, told, his, told his servant, Go and kill the fatted calf. We're fixing to have a party. My son who was dead is now alive. He is home. He was spiritually dead. But now he is spiritually alive again. He's back with the Father. That's what we all got to do. When we start roaming, we start getting away from the Father. Listen to that still small voice because I'll tell you what, you've got a still small voice calling you. You're messing up. You're getting away from the Father. You're trying to get back into the world. You're trying to do what the world wants you to do. Come home. Come home before you get yourself in a big mess. You know, there was an interview just a while back about they've interviewed some men who were in prison. And some of those men said, when I was young, I was raised in church. I knew God. As I got older, I wanted to do my own thing. Now look where I'm at. And when they got out of prison, they said the first thing they did was get back in church. They even got in church in prison. You know, you can, you can go to church in prison. And many of these prison chaplains turned a lot of people around. Many of them experienced what, what the preacher was talking about when he said when you walk away from God, when you start getting away from God, this is what you're going to experience. You're going to get into the world, and the world is going to turn you around. You're going to start being like the world. You're going to start being part of the world. You're going to start acting like the world. Don't come to that point in your life. You hear that still small voice, come home, come home, I'm waiting. You turn around and you run as hard as you can back to your church. You fall on your knees at that altar. Say, Lord God, I am so sorry. Receive me back, Lord. I messed up. And you're going to hear that, welcome home, my child, welcome home. He will take you back in just a second. You know, here in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, God made us a promise, and he's going to stick by this promise. God has promised to never leave us, but always to be with us. Listen to what it says here. It says, let your conversation, conversation here is another word meaning your lifestyle. Conversation here really means your lifestyle, how you live. He said, let your lifestyle be without covetous and be content with such things as you have. Many people want so much more than what they have that they'll go into the world or go to any means to get what they want. And they end up in a lot of trouble. For he said, this is God, for he said, 
I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will always be right there with you. God is always close to us. His eyes are always watching us. God sees everything we do. Oh, you mean God can see what I'm doing? Yes. Do y'all realize there is also a scripture in the Bible saying this? I just happen to have it right here. Uh, it's in Second Second Chronicles. I'll get this out here in a minute. Second Chronicles, chapter sixteen, verse nine. Now listen to what it says. It says, "For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the earth, to show Himself on the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward Him, or for those who love Him. He is watching over you. His eyes." Go to and fro throughout the earth watching everything you do. He sees you. And when he sees something not right, he does his best to warn you. How many of you have ever had that feeling that, oh, I, I don't know, this don't feel right. I shouldn't be doing this. We probably all have. That's God's eyes watching you as you go about to and fro throughout the earth, his eyes are following you. He sees what you're doing. He knows what you're thinking about doing. Listen to these words. For those who love God, his eyes are up on them. He's watching them. And he's, he's, he's speaking softly to them. Don't do that. That's not right. That's not it. That's not what I will prove. That's not what I want. No. God's watching over us. He wants to take care of us. He don't want us hurting. He don't want us getting in trouble. He's a protective father. Anybody in here ever had a protective father that watches over you, takes care of you, makes sure no harm comes to you? That's God. He's watching over you. He sees everything we do. You know, many of us that go to church, and probably some of you have, you probably had fun made of you, been mocked, laughed at because you go to church. They can laugh at me, they can mock me because I go to church because I don't care. But I do care what God thinks. I don't want to become a weakling to other people. I don't want to let them influence me. Well, I, I don't hate to tell anybody I'm a pastor. They're going to laugh. They're going to make fun of me. I'll tell them in a second. Yes, I am a pastor, and I believe in the living God, and I will preach his word, and I will not vary from it. I don't care who knows it. I don't care who knows it. Most of all, I want him to know it. That's who I'm going to answer to. I'm not going to answer to any of y'all, to any man. But I will have to answer to God. You're not going to have to answer to man. You're going to have to answer to God. Just know who loves you, who cares about you, who wants you to be safe, who wants to love you, who wants to provide for you.
know, and the thing about it, we have to know that we have a God full of forgiveness. We have a God that is so forgiven. It's even hard for us to understand because we can't forgive like God does. We don't know how. Pretty easy to, to carry hate, to carry a grudge, to carry unforgiveness. That's easy. What's hard? Walter, forgive me for what I've said, for what I've done, because I'm sorry for what I did, and I want you to forgive me. That's what we need to do when we have something's happened in our life, and we have had unforgiveness against somebody. I posted a little deal on Facebook here the other day. Why not forgive somebody today and set somebody free? And that somebody you're setting free is you. You're setting yourself free when you forgive. You've had that unforgiveness built up in your heart for so long. You're like, you're a slave to unforgiveness. You're a slave to it. You're not free from it. And the moment you truly mean it in your heart when you say, Lord, forgive me. And mean it, those chains will just start breaking and falling off. You have been set free. You don't have to worry about that anymore. And what did God say in his word about forgiveness? He said, in order to be forgiven, you must forgive. That's kind of tough, isn't it? You mean if I don't forgive, God can't forgive me? That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. And we overlook it. How many people have you ever, ever heard say, well, I guess I can forgive them, but I'm never going to forget it. And I'm going to say something about that. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell you to forget it. Learn from it. Learn from it. They don't tell you to forget it. Learn from it. Forgive them and learn from it. And sometimes forgiveness is hard because you've been hurt. I've been there. I know. The only way I could get rid of unforgiveness, you know what I had to do? I went before God. I fell on my face right before Him. Spread eagle out on the floor. Tears running. Father, help me to forgive. And before I knew it, it was so easy. It just came, it flowed. I truly for, forgave in my heart. And I was never so free. It was just like a heavy, heavy weight had been lifted off. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. It's hard. God knows it's hard.
things and he said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll always be there when you need me. When you need me. I don't know about you, but I need him every single day. Every day I need God in my life. I think we all probably do if we just admit it. Like I said, we all make mistakes. You know, it, it just it kind of gets me. I've had people say, well, I have never sinned. I've done nothing wrong. So that's not what the Bible says. No, it does not say, Walter, you have sinned. Lynn, you've sinned. I know you've sinned. But what does it say? Romans 3.23. You probably already all know what it is. For all, everybody, has sinned and come short of the glory of God. Everybody. Every one of us. Aren't you glad that God forgives? Where would we be if God didn't forgive? You know, sin is not something that we should take lightly because God doesn't. God does not take sin lightly. God hates sin. That's what the Bible says, for God hates sin because he looks around he sees what it's done to all of us and he loves so much. And some of us, it has torn us away from God. It's torn us away from God. You mean sin separates me from God? Yes. Sin separates us from God. Look what it says here in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 and 2. Sin separates man from God. So I want to show you what it says. It says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. I'm going to stop here just a second. It is not he can reach out as far as he has to to get you back. He's not a nub. He reached out as far as he has to to get a hold of you. For the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save. Neither is his ear heavy that it cannot hear. I don't care how far you get from God. In that still, small voice, that whisper, God still hears it. He still hears you. He still hears you calling him. But then Isaiah tells us, But your iniquities have separated you between you and your God, and your sins has hid his face from you, and that he will not hear. You know what God's going to hear? Lord, I have sinned, and I ask you to forgive me. That is what God hears. We have to come to God and ask for that forgiveness. Ask him to hear us. And he will. I don't care how far away you are from him. There is no distance in prayer. God hears from heaven. Y'all realize God's in the third heaven? There's three heavens. God's in the very top heaven. But he can still hear you. His son is sitting right beside him, interceding for you. 
When you pray, the son takes that prayer and says, Father, the child here, your child, is praying. This is what they're saying. And the son presents it to the father. Father, forgive them. And the father is not going to deny the son. After all the son went through and after all the son did, God is not going to deny anything that he asked the father. But because of God's love and Christ's death, we can have forgiveness. We can be back in the presence of God. So when we do sin, like I said, we have a friend in heaven. His name is Jesus Christ. And we also have the assurance of God's promise that he will forgive us. Do you know God's made a promise he'll forgive us when we come to him and ask? But my sin is so big. God said it's not that big. But Lord, I've really messed up. I've seen them messed up a lot worse. And I forgave them. Well, Bill, where can I find this scripture that says that I can be forgiven? We use it quite a bit. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When you come to God with your heart and believe and truly confess, truly sorry that you've sinned, God hears that and he accepts that. He forgives you. And you're welcome back into the family. You're back with God. You're back with God. You know, probably one of the greatest things we as Christians have going for us is we have, an unfor- we have a forgiving Father. A Father that truly forgives and wants to forgive us. <coughs> you know something? When you sin, you should be disappointed. You should know right away. The Holy Spirit should speak to you, and He probably has. You sinned. You ever do something and then you feel guilty about it? I have. Something just happened all of a sudden. And as soon as I did something, all of a sudden I, it was like a, a sickness, a feeling in my stomach. Almost like I want to throw up. Because I was so sorry for what it said. And immediately, Father, forgive me. And I felt a peace come over me because I knew I'd been forgiven. I messed up, but I was also forgiven. I was also forgiven. So don't let the devil lie to you and make you think it's too late for you to come back to God. Because he's going to tell you, you can't go back. God will never forgive you. Not after what you've done. No, God will forgive you. You know, the devil's just sitting there lying to you. That's all the devil does is lie. The devil cannot tell the truth. Even in the Bible it says, for the devil is the father of all lies. The truth is not in him. Satan cannot speak. He cannot talk without lying. When we repent of our sins, whatever they may be, God will 
forgive you, and he will remember it no more. But Lord, I sinned, and you can just forget it? Yes, he will remember it no more. Well, did God give a promise on this? Yes, he did. And I'm going to show you three of them. First one is Hebrews 9, excuse me, 8.12. This is God. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities and their wickedness, and I will remember it no more. God said, I forgot it. I'm not going to bring it back up. It's gone. I'm not going to ever remember it again. Micah 7.19. He will turn again, and he will have compassion upon us. Remember, he loves you. And that compassion of his is going to come up on you. He says, and he will subdue, or he will capture our iniquities. And he will cast all of our sin into the depths of the sea. Into the depths of the sea. He's talking about the deepest part of the sea. They're saying that the, probably the deepest part of the sea is like about 39,000 feet. Almost eight miles underneath the water. But he, he casts your sins away from you. He gets rid of them. He don't bring them back up. The last one, Psalms 103, verse 12. For as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He has cast them as far as the east is from the west. Why does he say that? Why does he say from the, from the east to the west? Do you realize right now you can walk outside you could start walking east, you would always walk east. You never will get to the west. You're always going to go east. He's saying, when I cast them that far, it's impossible to get them back. God has forgot them. He's got rid of them. You don't have to remember them. He don't remember them anymore. Put your faith and your trust in God. Remember his promises. God's promises are sure and they are faithful. <coughs> and you can be absolutely sure that you have eternal life with God. Absolutely sure. You don't even have to doubt it. Because he has forgiven you. He has received you back. You have eternal life. God has never broken a promise. God has never broken a promise. You say, well, Bill, what about these conditional promises? Well, and as far as his conditional promises are concerned, if we do our part, God will do his part. It's up to us. It's up to us. So have faith and trust in all the promises of God and believe his promises Receive him as your Lord and as your Savior. Be assured of eternal life. That's what God's waiting for. I'm going to ask the band, if they would, to come up. If you're here today, if maybe you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, maybe you still got some sins there that, you know, sometimes we have what we call unconfessed sin. It's just that little sin that's, well, I don't know, I kind of enjoyed that. I really don't want to give that up. You have to. You have to go sin up. 
but get rid of all the sin. Just, Lord, take away all my sin. Forgive me. Receive me back to you. If you need to receive Jesus Christ into your life today, we have altars up here. You can come up. You can do it right there in your seat as far as that goes. You say, Lord, forgive me. I want to come home. I want, to, I want to know I have eternal life. Once you do that, you God's promise, and He's not going to break it. He's not going to break it. You've got eternal life. So just have faith and trust in God's promise and in His Word. So I'll ask the band to play, and I can, if you need to come forward, please do. And then after this, we're going to serve communion. This is the first Sunday of the month, every first Sunday of the month, we serve communion. This is just a memorial to Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us to forgive us of our sins so we can have eternal life and for God's promises and love to remain with us forever and ever. So, if y'all will...